Well, Isaac brought a message in case you missed last week. He talked about um, your environment. Like in order for a plant or a flower or something to grow, it needs the right environment. Like you can't put an orange in the ground here and just expect it to grow because we don't have the right environment to allow it to grow. And in the same way, what you surround yourself and what you put into your life, the things that are around in your life, really make a difference for your own spiritual growth and, um, and where you're going in life. So it was a really good message. If you didn't listen, I would encourage you guys to go back and listen to it because it, I promise you it will help you um, for your future. It was really awesome. The whole series has been awesome. But I'm really excited to preach today, but before I do that, I want to pray because I always forget to pray before my message. So let's pray. All right, Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for tonight. I thank you, God, that you are so willing to speak to us, that you delight to speak to us, that you love us so much that you just freely give yourself time after time again. God, and I just invite you into this time to have your way. We love you, Lord, and I just thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. I just say have your way through me as I bring this message, and I pray that we would just have ears to hear and eyes to see what you want to say to us tonight, Lord. And I thank you that you're in this room with us. We just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So it's, I'm actually really excited to preach tonight. When Isaac asked me if I would be interested in preaching, I, was, um, I, I wasn't hesitant, but I wasn't like, ooh, you know, yeah. But then I was like, yeah, I'll preach. And I was kind of thinking, Isaac was like, what do you want to preach about? And I wasn't too sure, um, because you could talk about so many things. And I just feel like this series, all of you guys have been knocking knocking it out of the park with what you've been talking on. Um, So it's kind of like, well, what do you speak on? And I had one direction, and then um, the Lord totally shifted gears on me. I was driving up to the church, and I was like, not even thinking about what I was going to speak on. And I just heard this phrase drop into my spirit. I wasn't even thinking about preaching. And then as I was continuing to go, and then a passage of scripture dropped into my spirit. And I'm like, hmm, Lord, do you want me to preach on that? I get to the office. They say, hey, Isaac, what do you think about this? And I think you're here in the Lord. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> so that's where we're at. And that's kind of how this message came about. But I really, really believe that it is a word for tonight, you guys. And I'm really excited about what the Lord has to say. So um, I hope you guys just... Just really tune in, because I really feel like the Lord has something to say tonight. So, Um, I just wanted to open by asking you guys a question, because I like to do that. So, just think about this for a minute. Like, have you ever been in a situation where you feel like you just keep trying and trying and trying and trying again, but nothing is working out? Like, you just feel like you're coming up against a wall. Like, maybe you had, like, a relationship with a parent that's not going well, and you feel like you're trying to please them, but it's not going well. Maybe you have a friendship that you feel like is failing, and there's a lot of drama surrounding it, and it's frustrating, and it's hard, and you keep trying to fix it, and then it falls apart, and then you keep trying to fix it again, and it falls apart again. Or maybe, like, school's starting, and maybe you've struggled with grades in the past. Like, that's a real thing, right? Or maybe you have a lot of um, difficulty with anxiety or depression. And the more and more things you try to do to fix it, it just seems like it's getting worse. Like nothing seems to be happening, and it, and it feels like in your own efforts, 
it's still not working out. Like, you can see a little bit of fruit, but it's still not fixing itself. And I've heard the phrase, like, in humanity, we hear the phrase, you can do anything that you put your mind to, right? Have you guys heard that phrase before? You can do anything if you put your mind to it. (laughs) Is it the Barbie slogan? You can be anything. The future is yours. Like, like you hear these phrases, right? You guys, can you identify with that? Like, you, the future is yours. Behold the future. You can do it. You can do it. It's a, behold it. <laughs> I don't know. The future is yours. That's another way of saying behold the future. Like, shoot for the moon. There's another one. Yeah, like, you, it's a lot about you, 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 you. Like, you can do it. You can do it. You yourself. You can do it. It's a lot of self stuff. And, Though I do agree that part of it is true where, yes, if you do put your efforts into things, it will pay off, right? It will. But a big part of me disagrees with that stuff, and I want to tell you why. Because truthfully, we were never, ever meant to do this life alone. Never. We were never meant to do this life alone. And so I want to bring up the first passage of Scripture we're going to read together. And I'm going to pull an Isaac. Does anybody want to read this Scripture? Ian does? Get on up here, Ian. It'll be on the screen. All right, Josh, or Titus, sorry. No, it's right here. It'll be back there. You can read it. Yeah. I am the true grapevine, and my father is a gardener. Oh. (laughs) It'll keep going. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branch that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if if it is saved from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, for... Go back a slide there, Titus, thanks. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and, a, and withers. Such branches are gathered and a piled in a, into a pile to be burned. <laughs> but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, <laughs> you're doing great. You yeah. remain, ugh, you remain in you. You may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. Yeah. When you produce much fruit, you are true dis- disciples. This brings much glory to my father. Good job. Give him my hand, you guys. I'll give you a piece of candy for that, Ian. Ian. Thanks. All right, so I want to go back to um, that part that says verse 6. Titus, could you bring that up, verse 6, for me? It's okay if you can't find it. Oh, okay, there you go. Um, it says, yeah, verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. John says, ooh, because that does not sound very good, does it? What do you think happens? So just based off of this passage, what do you think happens if you're disconnected from the source? Based off of what it's you die. Yes. You'll eventually wither up and die. And that's pretty harsh language, don't you guys think? Like, 
You're going to die. You're going to be thrown into the fire. But Jesus used that illustration because when he was preaching and when he was speaking to the people, they were Jewish, and a lot of them, they owned um, grape trees, olive trees, things like that, fig trees. So it was very um, understandable language for them to comprehend because it was very relatable to them. And I want to look at a vine, actually, tonight. So, Titus, if you could pull up the first picture. I want to show you um, what a grapevine looks like. I, I don't know. Oh, it is behind me. Like, look at that trunk right there. Isn't that hefty? That's a stout little guy right there. It's, it's clearly healthy. Yeah, I mean, just look at that. Like, I'm not a farmer, but that looks like a really healthy trunk to me like a really really good vine and I and if you go to the next picture Titus I want you to see like the cluster of grapes too that are on there um and look how they're kind of like together but look how fragile the branches are like just kind of look at that because so if you go to the first picture again Titus you'll see the trunk so stout and so full and so solid right then you go to the next one Look at the branches. Like, do you think, practically speaking, a branch could survive on its own? Just like that. Just by looking at that picture, you'll already see how delicate that is. And I thought that was a great, great picture of just what it looks like. Um, because we cannot, like, just like that passage says, we will die if we are not connected to the source, which is the vine. That vine produces everything that the branch needs in order to survive. And so I looked this up a little bit, and I'm just going to read this about a vine for you guys in the branch. So in a vine, branches are almost completely indistinguishable from one another. It is impossible to determine where one branch stops and another branch begins. They all run together as they grow out of that central vine, which you guys just saw. It is critical, this is the part that really stuck out to me. It is critical to a vine that the branches must be firmly fixed to the trunk so that the life-giving sap can flow through from the trunk. Because there's life-giving sap in the trunk. The branches cannot be twisted or broken or diseased, and if they are, they must be cut off so as to not um, hinder the growth of the healthy branches. Isn't that powerful? Like, just that imagery that we just saw, like, a vine cannot survive on its own without the branch because it needs that life, it needs that source. And, and I, I was thinking about this as I was putting this together, how many times in our lives we disconnect from the main source. Like, we disconnect because we're running to other things to try to fill us up to try to give us that life, to try to produce fruit in us, and it really just isn't working. Kind of like I, I painted that picture at the beginning, and I was asking you guys those questions, like, have you ever tried and tried and tried so hard at something, but it just kept falling apart? Like, you couldn't make it work, you couldn't fix it, and we really, really were not meant to do this life on our own, you guys. We, we were not, I like got my notes mixed up, I'm sorry. Um, we, were not, we were not meant to do this life alone, just like the grapevine was not meant to produce fruit apart from the vine. Like, we are not meant to do it on our own. And 
Before I get into the bulk of the message, I wanted to share a little bit about my life personally um, in trying to make it work on my own. Um, For those of you that don't know, I am a very independent person. I know, shocker. (laughs) I'm a super independent person, and I always have been, like, for the most part, my whole life, I've been very independent. Um, even growing up, I was like that too. I was, wasn't super dependent on others. It was always the other way around. Like, my mom would always say, you were like the peacemaker in every situation. You just, you know, everybody came to you as a friend, like, and everybody was fighting over you because they wanted, like, this is what the words my mom would say. I don't really remember it. I just knew that I was a really independent kid. And in my relationships, I would always be trying to be, I guess, that solid person, the peace, everything in that. And there was a situation that had happened in my family when I was a teenager where things were just like falling apart. They were falling apart and it was really overwhelming. I was, it was just a really hard situation and I just felt like it was all not going to work out. And I was really, really struggling. And I remember a mentor of mine at youth group spoke to me and she said, you know, Katie, you're trying to do this all on your own and you're trying to carry this on your own and you aren't meant to do that. And after she had said that, I cannot tell you how different of a perspective I got because I didn't really realize, like, I was really trying to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders and everything I was doing in my own efforts were just failing. Like, it just wasn't working. And I'll tell you, there were a couple things that were going on, even physically, that happened. Like, I had terrible backaches. I was just, like, really anxious. I was depressed. I was emotional. (laughs) I was, like, I was just falling apart at the seams because I was carrying this huge load on my shoulders that I just, just, like, I don't really know what to do. And And it wasn't until that friend had come to me and she said, you were trying to do this all on your own and you're not supposed to. And when I had given it up to God, it was like, it wasn't like my situation had changed right away, but my internal world changed. Like, does that make sense, you guys? Like, my situation didn't change. As a matter of fact, it got a little bit worse, but I had an inner peace knowing that God was taking care of things, and I was going to be okay. And this is what we do. I share that because this is what we do so many times in our lives. Like, we look to ourselves. We look to our friends. We look to our family. We can look to social media. We can look to our government. We look to whatever might feel good in that moment to help us. But in the end, they can't be your source. Like, they cannot be your source, you guys. And just like I was talking about the vine and the branches, you're going to die if you are pulling your life source from these external things. Like, I'm going to die if I try to rely on my own strength. I'm going to die if I'm not, if I'm looking to social media for my strength. I'm going to die off if I'm looking to my friends for the source and my supply to keep me going. Like, it's just not enough. Like, it's not enough. You have to stay connected to the source because even if your circumstances don't change, your heart could change in the process of that. Like, your heart can process. And when you remain in the Lord and when you abide in him, when you trust him, 
the peace comes. The peace, the assurance, the joy, the life, that like the deep sap that comes from the trunk of that tree into the vines and into the branches that those grapes need. Like it's like you get those fruit of the Spirit because of a result of you staying connected to him. You have to stay connected to the Lord because if you don't, it's going to be really hard. It's harder. It's harder. And I keep mixing up my notes. Why do I keep doing that? (laughs) I think I should have labeled them, probably. Probably should have done that. Yeah. So, all that to say, like, in the end, those things are not going to sustain you like the Lord is. They don't keep you going, and they actually pass away. Like, friends come and go. Social media, as we know, changes constantly. Family can change, you know. Their help runs dry. Their supply runs dry, but the Lord never will. And some of these sources even will change their script. Like, it's like they'll be this way one time, and then they'll be another thing another day or another time. They waver on the circumstances. Like, that's something that happens. Like, they'll waver on the circumstances. It kind of goes back a little bit, like, in a different way from what Isaac was talking about last week. Like, what you surround yourself matters because circumstances and friends can change, but the Lord never does. The Lord never does. He is stable and he is consistent in everything that he does. He's not going to fail you, even though other things will. So I want to read another passage of scripture. It's Psalm 1. I'll read this one this time because it's one of my favorite scriptures. Psalm 1, and it says, I'm going to read the whole psalm to you guys. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join with the mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. And this is the part that stuck out to me. Verse 3 says, They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. But not the wicked, for they are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction." Look at that verse 3 again. If you delight yourself in the Lord, you will be like a tree planted along the river bank, bearing, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. That's such a powerful scripture, you guys, because outside of that source, like a tree being planted along the river bank, where is that tree getting its source from? The water, right? If it weren't planted by the riverbank, would it produce any fruit or any leaves? If it didn't have any water coming into it? No, it wouldn't. And, and that's a picture of how the Lord wants us to be. He wants us to bear fruit. He wants us to thrive. He wants us to be life-giving. He wants us full of life, abundant with good things in our lives. But if we're not planted to some type of source, if we're not connected to the source, which is Jesus, we're going to wither away. 
we're going to die off. We're not going to produce any fruit. We'll be just like the wicked that he described in that psalm, just blown away by the wind. Like, we're not going to last if we're not connected to the Lord. We will be stable. We will be like a tree, never withering, bearing fruit every season. Every single season. Do you guys want to be like that? Bearing fruit every season in your life. Whether it's hard, whether it's bad, like Jesus promises you can bear good fruit even if you're going through difficulty. That's powerful right there. And that's the Lord's word to you. But we can't do that on our own. We have to be, remain in Jesus. Philippians 4.13 says, <clears throat> I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Look at that. Does that say I can do some things? I can do little things. It says, I can do everything, all things. Through who? Christ. Through Christ. Like, it doesn't say through myself, does it? It doesn't say, I can do all things through my friends who help me when I'm down. Does it say that? I can do everything through my family. I can do every No, 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 no. I can do everything through Christ, Jesus, who gives me strength. But we cannot, we cannot live this life on our own because we will, we will die. I love that McKenna, during the transition, read Psalm 121 because I actually want to read that again and have you guys look at the words to this psalm because it just flowed so well with my message, McKenna. Love that so much. So we're going to actually look at Psalm 121. And does anybody want to read this one? I want you guys to really look at the words of this passage of Scripture. Does anybody want to read it? No? Okay, I'll read it. Jada's not here. Jada always wants to read Scripture, and she's not here. Maddie, do you want to read this? Come on, Maddie. And guys, just... Pay attention and watch, watch the words and listen to the words on the screen. It'll be, it'll be back there, Maddie. All right, Titus, if you want to pull that up. So. I, look up. <laughs> I look up to the mountain, mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps the Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. That's it. Good job, Maddie. I'm gonna give you Maddie. Good job. Do you guys absolutely love what that psalm says? Because I do. That's good stuff. It really is. And, and 
that part, I mean, just right at, the, right at the beginning, it says, I look up to the mountain, or where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let you slumber, stumble. He won't let you stumble, and the one who watches over you never slumbers. He never slumbers. The Lord, the Lord watches over you day and night, and how amazing is that to have that comfort knowing that the Lord actually cares enough that he watches over you day and night, that you won't stumble. Like, he doesn't want you to fall. Like, the Lord cares enough that he doesn't want you to stumble and he doesn't want you to fall. And he hurts when you're hurting and he cares when you're going through things. He rejoices when you have good things that are happening in your life. He's excited for you when you're excited. The Lord is so intimately aware of every aspect of your lives that, but it's, it's like, <laughs> trying to express this, like if you don't know the Lord, you never experience that joy. You don't experience that joy if you don't know who the Lord is and you don't know his character and you don't know the life that he brings and who he is. Like, you can't get that good fruit if you're not connected to him. Like, he, he is the one where your help comes from. He is the one who will help you in the battles that you face. He's with you on your good days. He's with you on your bad days. But if you've never put your trust in him, then you just won't know that joy. You won't know that life. He loves you still, but if you don't know him, how can you expect to have that help from him? And I'm not going to read any more scripture, but I want to talk about one of my favorite characters in the Bible. I think he's many people's favorite characters of the Bible. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> I could talk about Jesus all day long. No, but I, I want to talk about David. Because, and we've talked about David a lot um, here because, and I think a lot of people do because he's super relatable. David is probably one of the most relatable characters in the Bible because he messes up, but yet doesn't, I guess, reject God, you know, and he continues to go to God in his shortcomings and everything, and there were many, many battles that David fought. I mean, it was, you know, there was a thing, King Saul and King David, it was like um, in the Old Testament, and they would say, you know, Saul has killed his thousands and David's his ten thousands. Like, David had won a lot of battles, and he had um, a lot of victories, but in every single battle that he faced, he would always inquire of the Lord. Like, he would always go to him and say, Lord, should I go up and fight these guys? Lord, what should we do? Lord, what should I do? And he would always talk to the Lord, and the Lord would deliver, the, and he would save, and he would rescue every single time. And there were times when David fell short. Like, there were many times where David didn't inquire of the Lord, and he didn't seek God, and he fell flat on his face, and he failed completely. But as a result of his failure, he came to the Lord and he brought it to the Lord. And I love that picture of like, even as in his successes and in his failures, in everything that he did, he didn't do anything apart from the Lord. 
He did nothing apart from him. And the times that he tried, he messed up. Like, he messed up entirely, but it didn't keep him from the Lord, I want you guys to see. He knew where his strength was found, even when things weren't going his way. Like, he just knew. And I believe that's one of the reasons he's called a man after God's heart is because he literally brought God into the equation of everything that he did. Even when he was disappointed in the Lord, he would, he would cry out to God and he'd be like, oh, my life stinks, everything is terrible. And he'd cry out to God and he'd cry out to God and he would be so like, out a lot of sorts and he would turn it around and say, yet yeah, God, I know you're with me. Or I praise you, God, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Or thank you, Lord, that you know blah, 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 blah. You know, he would always end with praise because he knew who his God was for one, but also he knew who his source was. He knew that he could run to the source and get full of life, of joy, of peace, because he knew where his help was from. Just like that Psalm 121 just talked about. David knew where his help was from in the midst of all of his ups and downs, because he had plenty of ups and he had plenty of downs. But he came to the Lord every time. He stayed connected, and even if his circumstances didn't change, his heart would. Like his soul would shift, his, his inner being would change because he drew from that source, which was the Lord. And I share all of this because I think that it's really, really easy to run to other things in our culture. It's really easy to find what you're looking for at the drop of a hat like that. Immediately. This world has pleasures that we run to constantly. Constantly. But just like I said earlier, they are not going to sustain you and they will fail you because they change. But God doesn't change. And, you know, sometimes I think people, when you would hear this message, would say, well, I hear what you're saying, Katie, but that sounds like God wants to control my life, you know, because I want to do things on my own. But at the same time, what you, say, what you say sounds good, but it sounds controlling. Like, people can struggle with that. I've heard that before. And I want to just encourage you, like, it's not that the Lord is a controlling God over your every move, but he wants to be involved in your life. He wants, he wants to know you, and he wants you to know him because he just knows that apart from him, we can do nothing. Just like that scripture was talking about at the very beginning that we read, remain in me and I in you. Like, remain in the Lord, because apart from him, we can't do anything. We eventually will wither up and die, and we won't bear good fruit. Like, what kind of fruit do you guys want to produce? Do you want to produce good fruit in your lives? Like, things that are joyful, good, blessing, love, hopeful things? Or do you want to produce bad fruit? It's, it's life or death, basically. <laughs> it is. It's life or death. Yeah. Apart from the Lord, we can't produce good fruit. We won't. We can't do it in our own strength. So I kind of wanted to end this night just doing something a little bit different, but not too different. I want to end with a question, a couple of questions today 
And I want you guys to really think about these questions. Are you connected to the source? Are you connected to the Lord? Because all of this series about cultivating growth, it sounds great and it sounds awesome. It's things that we want. We want these good things, but we cannot if we are not connected to Jesus. Like, are you connected to him? I want you to really, really ask yourself that question. Have you put your trust in the Lord or are you a branch cut off from the vine? dead on the ground that will eventually be burned and thrown in the fire. That's harsh language, but I feel like Jesus is really asking us that question today. Are you connected to him? Do you know Jesus? Do you know him? Because if you don't, I want to give an opportunity to come to know, the G- to the Lord, the, 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 to know Jesus tonight. I know, I just stumbled over my words <laughs> to the Lord Jesus. That was what I was trying to say, <laughs> but it came out mumble-jumble. <laughs> Jesus and Lord. Uh, there, Jesus, Lord. It's fine. But do you? Do you want to know the Lord? And I just, I want us all to bow our heads and close your eyes. Nobody looking around. Absolutely nobody in the room. Except for myself. And I want you to ask yourself that question. Do I know Jesus and am I connected to him? And if you aren't and you want to give your life to the Lord, I would encourage you to raise your hand. And there's nobody looking. Like it's, it's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. I see your hands if you want to raise your hand. It's good, yeah? It's very good. Thank you. You guys can put your hands down if you put your hands up. That's great. I would encourage you if you raise your hand, we're going to pray together, and I want everybody in the room to pray this prayer with me. Every single person. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for your love. I acknowledge you in my heart that you are king and you are Lord. I ask you to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. I give you all of my brokenness, all of my sin, and all of my hard-heartedness. And I thank you for your love. In Jesus' name. And then I also want to think of, have you guys think about this question. Have you been trying, if there's anybody in this room, if they can relate to that story that you've been really trying and trying and trying in all of your works to figure things out on your own, but you're just not, you're coming up short. Like, you feel like, you just feel like you, you believe in the Lord, you do believe in Jesus, you've put your trust in Jesus, but you um, are still struggling. Like you're struggling to believe that he's with you, and you don't feel connected to him. Like you just don't feel like he's there. I want us to close our eyes again, and I want you guys to raise your hand if that, if that feels like you. Like, like you do believe in the Lord, but you are struggling. You're just struggling. Thank you for those hands. Yeah. 
Well, we're just going to pray all together again. All right? Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love. I thank you that you have never left me and you have never abandoned me. I thank you that you see and you care and you know. And I ask, Lord, that you would show me where you're at. Show me where you've been in the difficult situations and in the situations that have gone well. Help me to believe that you are with me. And help me to trust you and not in my own strength. I thank you for your goodness, God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, guys. So, if the leaders can come up, we are going to break into small groups. And those of you that raised your hand to give your life to the Lord, I would encourage you to share that with your small group leader because they want to pray for you and they want to connect with you um, on that. So, Thanks, everybody. I'm just going to pray really quick and then we'll break into small groups. So, Well, Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for tonight. I thank you that you are our source and you are our supply, Lord. I thank you that you don't want us to do anything apart from you, not because you're a controlling God, but because you so intimately care about every detail of our lives. So we just surrender our hearts and our lives to you and ask that you'd have your way in small groups, God. We just love you and we bless your name. Amen.